Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 104, a giant smack in the pants of television. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. <gasps> I'm not wearing a bra. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Now, Josh, you've watched quite a bit of Survivor in your time, haven't you? Yes, I have. Now, is it fairly common, Is it is fairly common, is it not, that... When you start Survivor, they say, okay, you've just got the clothes on your back. That's it? Yes. Yeah. So why do you think you'd turn up without a bra on? Because, well... I'd never no wear bra, a bra. Like, no, no bikini top? <laughs> no bikini top. No but bra. Jeff got their, uh, what do they call them? Buff. Yeah, you can wear your buff. Yeah, but, but you don't get the buff straight away. We're, we're five or ten minutes into the first one and Jeff goes, right. You're not getting back to your bags. You're not going to see your bags again until the experience is over. And this girl goes, oh, I'm not wearing a bra. And in uh, <laughs> typical Jeff improvisation, he said, well, that's either going to make you very popular or a complete liability. <laughs> <laughs> now run, run, run. <laughs> it, uh, it, it, this is, of course. I have a trampoline here. <laughs> <laughs> this is, of course, Survivor China, which I have to say has been the uh, breast, episode, uh, breast series of Survivor so far. Really? Yeah, they've got a professional wrestler on, and uh, she's got the most ridiculous set of fake breasts you've ever seen. It, uh, it looks like two basketballs attacking her chin. <laughs> <laughs> it, I've seen it, that episode of Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> it is just, oh, it's, yeah, it's just terrible. And in the second episode, they did, uh, you know, one of those ridiculous physical strength wrestling kind of challenges. Yes. You know, push a ball through a goal, uh, which just ends up in just, you know, mud wrestling. And to get an advantage, they all just ripped off each other's clothes. <laughs> and and the, the so, woman. So basically, who, just the whole screen was that fuzzy thing that they used. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty it, much. Everywhere you see a bit of butt crack, <laughs> they fuzz it out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Although uh, we're, we're longing for butt crack. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that would be the least of our problems. They were walking around in their underwear and. Yeah, there's there's lots of things getting blurred, trust me. Uh, but yeah, in this one, and the the woman who won pretty much got the ball, ran through the goal, close to naked, and then once she'd got the goal, rearranged her clothes. Right. Mm. And so if you're... Uh, so is it all chicks? No. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. That's what talking about. No, but all Ross is noticing <laughs> are the naked Trust chicks. me, <laughs> when, when you guys get to watch this on free-to-air in 2010 or whenever Channel 9 <laughs> show it, you'll see what I mean. All right, I'll uh, I'll keep an eye out for it. I really will. Coming up later on in box cutters, we've got the wonderful box cutters and Australian correspondent James Talia calling in, and I don't buy it. Some quotes, a little uh, more chat on the fall season this week. We're talking about Bionic Woman, Life, and Cavill. Yes, which we're all going to air in. Australia free-to-air or, no, I think Cavill's on pay, but the other two are going to air free-to-air this week. Yes. Uh, I'm going to have a little chat about the soup. We've got some pork, but as always, let's kick things off with the Box Cutters News. Channel 7 News. 
Chris Mainwaring, uh, former Eagles football player and also a uh, Channel 7... I don't know if he was a sports commentator. They just write newsreader. No, I think it was... Yeah, But it would have been sports 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 newsreader in 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 Perth. Perth. Uh, He died earlier today, that being Monday. And uh, Channel 7 released a media release that just said, This is a sad day. We are mourning the death of a colleague and friend. Chris was a tremendous footballer. His record with the West Coast Eagles speaks for itself. He was also a talented member of Seven's team in Perth. And he was only aged 41. And um, kind of curious uh, surroundings. C- curious circumstances around it. I, I don't want to go too much into it. I think it's... Uh it's it's very sad for well, for everybody surely involved. Surely the, the the story will actually come out. Uh, oh well, I think by the time most people are listening to the podcast, they'll know a lot more than we know at this point. Yes, there, there is going to be a, a coroner's inquiry uh, into it, and uh, and yes, we'll we'll know more. But very sad for for everybody involved. Also sad, but in a different way. Kate Ritchie is leaving Home and Away. <gasps> that news came out last Wednesday. She did an interview with uh, Koshi and Mel. Of course, uh, regular Boxcutters listeners uh, would have known it back uh, just before Crumbly. Christmas, I believe it was. Just before Christmas when you were wrong. You were wrong back then because you said it was happening. Leave Brett alone! <laughs> Leave him alone! Can't you see he's not well? <laughs> uh, no, Brett, Brett was just early. No, <laughs> You can't be that that early. He was right. It's like saying in, in 1956, oh, George Burns is going to die. <laughs> <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be correct. Yes. Yes, yes you, you would be. But, but still, you'd, you'd have to wait another 40 years. In sad news, Home and Away has also been cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so by the time that uh, that Kate Ritchie finishes up with Home and Away, she'll have been on the series for twenty years playing Sally Fletcher. And is she the the last remaining original cast member? Alf. Alf, Alf. is Alf is still there. Alf's He's still, still there. going. Mm-hmm. Man, that, that that man must love a pay packet. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the thing about Home and Away. If if you're an actor, oh, and great, great gig it, for an actor. It, it is just fantastic, especially. If you're someone like Sally and, and you've had an income since before when all of your friends had an income, mm. uh, she doesn't have a real name as far as I'm concerned, she's Sally, <laughs> uh, then, yeah, of course, you could pretty much get to, to this point in life and just go, that's it, I'm retiring. Yeah. But she's not, apparently. She's uh, well, she's, uh, she's still doing uh, Drive on Bay, uh, Nova. Is she yeah, not with, and um, uh, Akmal Sally, and she'll she'll have. Is she? Is she uh, still doing it? I don't know. I well, it's definitely occasionally. Yes. Oh, okay. You know yeah. what? You know what? I've, I've worked, so Brett says stuff, and I'll, sometimes I'll pick him up on it. Sometimes I'll go, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Brett, what happened with uh, uh, <laughs> Telstra selling Census and and buying all of Foxtel? Hasn't that happened? No. Are you sure? I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure. Okay, I'll, I'll look into it over the week. Um, yeah, please please do. Yeah. Cause... And uh, if it's not true, I will shoot my source. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's, that's not a euphemism, is it? No. <laughs> shoot your source in the foot? <laughs> is that what you're going to do? Ross. Uh, just some uh, updating from last week. We were talking about uh, uh, extra digital channels and... High definition versus standard definition. Now, last week I said that Channel 10's high definition channel was actually going to start at the start of October. That's wrong. It's going to start at the start of December. And subsequently, Nine have announced via rumours 
They've announced that they will announce uh, <laughs> a new HDSD channel, uh, beating both 10 and 7 to be the first free-to-air provider to release a new channel. Well, no. It will start transmitting that's wrong in already. November. That's wrong already because we have two free-to-air providers. You're talking about ABC2 and, and SBS, SBS News. World News. Mm. Yes, so they're they're wrong okay. already. Free to air commercial provider, okay. uh, but also there we talked about on the show, and there was some discussion on the blog about whether people with standard definition digital would be able to get this. Uh, now, this has only come from what I've been able to glean from uh, various internet chats, so I can't say how accurate it is. I think it's actually going to just be high definition. The, my understanding that I've that I've come to during the week is that uh, until the start of 2009, the commercial channels aren't allowed to multi-channel in standard definition. What the... the, the Keenan! <laughs> I, I, Apparently so, so. No, I can't even... You know what? I can't even talk about that. That just makes me so angry. Well, interestingly, I was going to save this until pork, but uh, there was a report from AAP. Uh, Australians still have some way to go when it comes to understanding what is and isn't high def. A news poll survey uh, commissioned by Samsung found only 7% of people surveyed could accurately identify what form of content was HD. We clearly from last week were part of the 93%. Well, yeah, the, the, um, uh, the discussion almost, on the blog was it's it's 1080p, it's it's 500, it's it's two lines per <laughs> inch inter- almost, integrated. Almost half believed that DVD was HD. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh, they're so wrong. Um they're pretty good with the pay TV, uh, but they're talking about 100,000 flat-screen televisions uh, being sold each month, and uh, still they don't have any idea. Well, that, that's okay, because uh, you know, we know that we, a do, lo- we do a podcast, and a lot of people still don't know how to podcast. A lot of people uh, don't understand that LCDs and plasma TVs aren't necessarily going to be HD, so uh, if you're one of those and you're out looking, uh, keep that in mind. Yep. Uh, now, I just want to run something by the two of you just to to see what you think. The, the government really couldn't have stuffed up... <laughs> stuffed up by hitting their own microphone? <laughs> the government really couldn't have stuffed up uh, digital TV much more than they have. But... <laughs> I think they could have. Really? I, re- I, I really think if they'd put their mind to it... <laughs> well, I think they did. <laughs> and, then, and this is the mess we've got. Uh, I mean, I remember in 2001, I was in Spain and we were watching things over there and, you know, watching Wimbledon, I think, and we were going to the back courts just by pressing a couple of buttons and multi, multi-views. Those, and... those were all the things that we were promised yeah, but when, that, they, that was... when they switched on the digital yeah, signal. yeah. This Remember, was, ch- Channel this was Nine, six years ago. Channel Nine were promising us that uh, we could uh, we could like we could keep. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in now, the cricket, given and, that you'd have player cam on the that, ground. That we were the third umpire. Given that it's now two thousand and seven, do you think it, do you think they missed the boat? Do you think it's too late? I mean, television revenue is going down majorly. We're constantly hearing about how there is much less money to be made from television. Surely, multi-channeling is just going to slice up the pie smaller. 
Uh, well, that is a, a serious consideration for I mean, the more, free-to-airs. They're not uh, going to get more people in because they've mm, got an extra mm, channel. Yeah, so it's going to be no. dividing up their own ad revenue. Exactly. The youth of today aren't going to say, oh, well, there are now three Channel 9s. I'll start watching. Yes, old man Ross. Yeah, exactly. The youth of <laughs> the, today, like Brett. <laughs> He, he's he's a lot older than me, and yet he's somehow the generation below. But if they do have more <laughs> options, then there is an avenue to get more viewers in. Do, do you really think that having two or three channels will get a substantial amount more to be able more revenue? It remains to be seen. I, so, I, so it's all it's I, all going to be crossing over, and there's going to be a, a, a confluence of the you know, media you know from, no, from think, online and from digital is, and from all of that. But I think Ross is right so because you've, you've still got it's gonna be the to same tell. number of people, mm. the same number of televisions per, per house. Uh, they can only be on one thing at one time, unless you start counting things like time shifting. Uh, then, then yes, you've you've still got the same, the same amount of pie. Hmm. Man, I want some pie. <laughs> I really, really want some pie. Oh. I think we should play this every news, whether we've got uh, Night Rider news or not. I think so too. It's very exciting. Very exciting news comes from NBC in the States. They are going to bring back Knight Rider, a Transformers-inspired reworking of Knight Rider. What the hell? What? That's what they say. What, so Hasselhoff's going to be turning into Kit himself? Hey, well, it's, it's, it's a good crossover with uh, uh, Bionic Woman. According to, uh, <laughs> according to Variety, the success of Transformers had a role in inspiring NBC Entertainment Chief Ben Silverman, again, Ben Silverman, does so much. Uh, ben Silverman's de- decision to revive Knight Rider. The thinking is that the small screen special effects have advanced to the point where it'd be feasible to have a weekly series in which cars shift shapes. Wait a minute, is that saying that there's a, a live action Transformers TV show going on at the moment? Uh, or it's just about the, the film? And, and if that's the case, then how do they relate to each other? They don't. That's the problem. This is, this is my... I've got two major problems with this story. One is that they've got uh, director Doug Lyman attached to direct. Doug Lyman's an idiot. He's never made a good film in his life. Yes, I've seen Swingers. Yes, I've seen Go. Yes, I've seen The Bourne Identity. I maintain he's never had a good film in his the, life. The Bourne Identity! Number two, number two, if you want to remake Transformers... Remake Transformers. Don't say we're going to make Knight Rider and then make Transformers. That's just stupid. Can I say I've just realised that I've, for a long time, mixed up Doug Lyman and Michael Lehman? Right. (laughs) Yep, two completely. Isn't Michael Lehman a cricketer or something? No, no, no. No, that's Darren. (laughs) That's Darren Lehman. Lehman. Michael Lehman directed Heathers. Mm. And for a long time I've been thinking, oh, he's made some good films, he's made some shit films, he's made some good films. See, Born Identity, I think, is a great film. Anyway, if, if if they have to bring back, it has to be the black Pontiac Firebird Trans Am. Yes, it does. It has to have the light across the front. <laughs> Not like that, whatever we were talking about before the show, Team Night uh, Team, team Night Rider. Rider crap. I loved Team Night Rider. I mean, 
if you're going to remake Knight Rider, just remake Knight Rider. Well, it, it is also likely the show will explore the explore the idea of evil cars to offset the heroic talking kit. Uh, I don't think this one is going to star David Hasselhoff, but a show that is going to star David Hasselhoff. I'm sure he'll have a cameo. I'm sure. I'm sure he's got something. To, I'm sure he's got some money in it or something. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the something that will feature David Hasselhoff is a new show on the E channel. E exclamation mark or E as I like to call it. <laughs> e uh, to be produced by Ryan Seacrest, who is a, a big E personality, called Tales. Who, who very poorly hosted the uh, the Emmys the other day. Yeah, he's uh, like. I didn't even know he'd hosted from watching the Channel Ten no, cutdown he version. He was he wasn't on. He was hardly there. I think that's. I think that was actually the version that went to air. Right, he was hardly there. A show called Tales of the Hoff, which is going to be a scripted comedy starring David Hasselhoff. Uh, you know, look, I understand why David Hasselhoff would do this. He'd do anything to get some work. Yes, but why would anybody else want to do this? Surely everybody's sick of him. Who who wants to see him? No, like nobody seriously finds this, you know, don't hassle the Hoff stuff, and you know, no one finds this funny, do they? Yeah, uh, people do. And yeah. and regardless of all of the internet stuff that's uh, kicked up around him, he's still massive in Germany. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> he really, yeah, but they're not making the show in Germany. He really is. The uh, it, it's going to be uh, written by one of the writers of uh, the Drew Carey show. And uh, <laughs> great pedigree, and is reported to have a curb your enthusiasm feel. Interesting news Bullshit. for Chase. Sorry, <coughs> for fans of the Chaser, uh, there's currently a bidding war amongst uh, the commercial TV networks, with uh, seven emerging as the favourites uh, to pick them up. At the conclusion of this season, which is on the ABC, they've got How? nine episodes to go in the current series. Uh, members of the Chaser are saying that they haven't made a decision. They haven't even seriously talked about it amongst themselves. They're also busy. You know, so it's always whispering in their ear, soft cocks. Um, that, that, but, they'd uh, like to actually get paid rather than doing it on a volunteer basis. Well, yes, yes, <laughs> and it does seem that uh, Seven's offer is uh, looking at the sweetest Seven head of program. Tim Warner uh, wouldn't comment. He said at this time we're not willing to comment on matters of national importance. Now, the thing is, the, the only reason that if I was the Chaser Boys, I would go to Seven, other than the money, obviously the, the money's going to be fantastic, is the fact that their lawyers are so used to being in the courtroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't just throw away that experience. No, that's, no, right, no, so that, no. that's, just, that's just a good team behind you. Yes, yeah. uh, but it'll be uh, lots more cash for them once they get into that. Uh, following up from their APEC uh, stunt, they are due to be appearing in court this week, despite speculation that charges against them may have been dropped, which I think was reported in the Fairfax Press over the weekend. Ross, you've got some Channel 9 news? Just, just on that, just briefly. It will be dropped, though, won't it, the charges? Well, they're appearing this week in court. So what, what, no. what are they going to do? Like, the courts aren't going to put them in jail. They broke the law. They broke the specific law that was uh, passed into legislation uh, for the APEC conference. Exactly. 
Yeah, but the law was bullshit. They're and, so and high profile. It's still the law. They're so yeah, high but, profile. Do you really think but the there'd, thing be is, a, there'd be an uprising if they got thrown in jail? Plus, see what happens. There there it'll is, be interesting to see who the judge is and where their allegiances there lay. Is, there is such a, a huge pull apart at the moment between the judiciary and the government. That, is it? Uh, yeah. yeah Nothing in Telstra and the government? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I think the judiciary and the, and the government. <laughs> really? That, yeah, really. That I... I really think some judge is going to go, you know what, this is bullshit. You brought in a law, you didn't enforce it properly. But this is state legislation. I, I just want to know what, what kind of pranks they're going to pull in the courtroom. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that'll be, that'll be fun. Yeah, I, I would like to see Chaz in the courtroom. <laughs> there are, um, Ross, you've got, you've got some Channel 9 news. Uh, yeah, a couple of appointments at Channel 9. Uh, Channel 9 have a, a new policy, it seems, of in with the old... <laughs> and out with the new uh, David Gingell, who uh, was previously was Nine CEO. Yes, and prior to that was on the Comedy Company. <laughs> no, no, you're 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 thinking of uh, you're, Colin Carpenter. He played Colin Carpenter. No, Kim you're Colin, Colin Carpenter. What you're thinking of? Yeah. Is the the fat guy who who played Con the Frida? All oh, right. Okay. Okay. Uh, but uh, I think maybe we'll talk to James a bit more about this, being a Channel 9 employee when we speak to him. Yes. See what he has to say. Also, oh, Brett sounds like he's got something to say about that. Uh, also, uh, uh, Nine have announced that they're flying out Joey Fatone to host The Singing Bee. Uh, once again, Australia's proved to have no good hosts, apparently. You, you know what? If if we need to fly Joey Fatone out for Anything for those who don't know, Joey Fatone is one of the four former members of NSYNC who isn't Justin Timberlake. Yes, and uh, and uh, people might remember John Safran's music jamboree where he went out to Burke Street Mall in Melbourne with a cutout of Joey Fatone and stood it next to people to try to prove that pretty much anyone in the world was more attractive than Joey Fatone. <laughs> Just following up on the uh, David Gingell. Oh, well, well, just first, I, I think The Singing Beast is going to be the worst show of the year. I think really? Because you haven't seen Singing Office. <laughs> well, it's it's much the same, isn't it? I think it's just going to be absolutely shit. I think shows about karaoke show that uh, we're on the fast track to the end of the world. Sorry, Brett. Uh, David Gingell quit uh, nine two years ago, citing interference from management, uh, which uh, would have been primarily John Alexander. Uh Ian Law, who's the chief executive of PBL Media, uh, says that different times, different ownership structure now, clear mandate to get on, run the business, uh, all uh, lead to him coming back on board. And uh, he's talking to a number of departed uh, people from the network, including the creators of The Block, Julian Cress and David Barber, uh, trying to get them back to the network. So um, we could be... Uh, Flipping back four years in time at the Nine Network. Uh, what a great, what a great future. time in television! David Gingell uh, comes back in November, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the Box Cutters News. Tom Elliott here from a variety of different media organisations: Three Triple R, Three AW, Channel Seven, Mornings with Kerry Ann, Inside Business on a Sunday with Alan Kohler. I like to spread myself around, and so should you. Listen to the Box Cutters on the internet or any other media you can find them. I think it's educational. I think it's fascinating. I think you might even learn something you didn't know before. Listen to the box cutters. I always do. And now we welcome once again to the box cutters at telephone, 
the wonderful un-Australian correspondent, James Talia. Yeah, un-Australian. I'm wearing that tag with pride. <laughs> you, you sound a little more distant than the last time we spoke to you, Jim. Oh, only about 10,000 miles. Oh, it's nothing. Nothing did yeah, that in a day. Nothing. Nothing. And I think, inst- phone works. I think instead of uh, un-Australian, I think he should be the new Pope. <laughs> <laughs> you happy with that tag, Jim, the new Pope? Uh, well, you know, whatever you think works, the new Pope. Yeah, well, it's just, it's just when you're here, you're harder to get an audience with than the Pope. <laughs> oh, man. Zing. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I, relished, I relished my 20 minutes with James. It's, it, was, it, it was a special time. I flew 10,000 miles. <laughs> Five days in Melbourne, and you know how sick I was, too. When I was there in the studio with you, I sounded the way Ross did last week. In fact, I thought Ross sounded like me last week. Which means now Ross and Brett and I are all the same person. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, these, these persistent rumours won't go away that uh, you might be taking over a current affair. <laughs> I've I've uh, I've had some conversations with the new management at nine, and um, uh, yes, that's exactly what's happening. <laughs> not. <laughs> oh, that's that's good to hear. I'll just pretend I didn't hear the not, and uh, that's that's fantastic. It'd be great to see you going head to head with Anna Corrin. <laughs> mm, that would be an interesting battle. <laughs> <laughs> now, James, you've uh, you, you rushed you rushed away from Australia to cover the Rugby World Cup. How did that go uh, for you? Well, it was kind of funny because I landed back in London on Thursday afternoon and I was meant to be going to France on the Friday morning and ended up instead going to uh, Pavarotti's funeral in Italy, which was uh, one of those amazing moments. It, It seems a quirky thing to be going and doing that a funeral would attract so much attention, but it really was amazing. Thousands of people turning out to uh, farewell the great tenor. So, and I haven't been anywhere near the rugby ever since then. It's oh, been a month, and I nowhere near. That's perfect. Now, can I ask you a question that I hadn't seen covered in the news? How many pallbearers did he have? Um, enough. <laughs> <laughs> I must say, I walked past him lying in state, and but uh, like Lennon, they had him sitting yeah, there like bed. Really, Josh. Opera in Italy is like football in Melbourne. It is mental. Well, uh, That's why I went there because we knew thousands of people were going to turn out, and yeah, he was lying in state. He had, it appeared to me, dropped some substantial weight. Um, obviously, he'd been very ill for about a year before he died. Yes. So uh, yeah, but but just some weird stuff. What an odd thing to mean. cover, though. Like. What is the news report other than the people who attended, the number of people who attended, and the fact, uh, yes, he's still not waking up? Well, that's it. That's all it needs when it's that quirky. I don't want to sound disrespectful because obviously the man had died. And personally, I'm a massive Pavarotti fan. So for me, it was it was great to be able to be there and pay my respects. And I, so I don't want to diminish... Uh, what he had achieved or the fact that he's passed, but it was, in news terms, a really quirky story because I think for Australians, the thought of thousands of people turning out to farewell an opera singer is is quite weird. We had that for Weary Dunlop. 
right, which is a lot more understandable. Yes, of course. The, the yeah. man invented tyres, also, is my understanding. <laughs> which was an amazing achievement, which changed the world. Yes, <laughs> there you go. Now, James, you've also uh, interviewed J- Jason Donovan? I did interview Jason Donovan for A Current Affair. He's just written his autobiography, which has just been published, where he's lifted the lid on his uh, past drug use and his relationship with Kylie when they were both on Neighbours. Now, he's, and, uh, he's, ne- he's never really been secretive about, about the drug use since he's come off the drugs. No, he hasn't, but he went into... Uh, in the book, he goes into much greater detail than he ever has in the past about just how pronounced his drug use was, how long it lasted, the effect it had on him, the number of times he collapsed. Um, it wasn't just that one time in the Viper Room. Um, and, uh, look, obviously he's out to sell some books, but it was a really interesting interview. And um, he's uh, keen to emphasise that, that he's trying to... Well, has rebuilt his life and is trying to rebuild his career, and um, certainly with some measure of success here in Britain. And and he's also he's also come back. I mean, after he uh, came off the drugs and and was clean for for a while, he did uh, a television show shortly after that. Him and I think Peter O'Brien as well uh, did a, a a show together. Uh, and people kind of did that whole actually he's not a bad actor thing. Bad. Well, was the show with Peter O'Brien was that MDA? Uh, was Peter O'Brien in that? Because I think he's probably he he was. He became known to Australian audiences again in MDA, which was that ABC show about the lawyers and, and the doctors. Yep. Um, uh, a good couple of years before he returned to prominence here, which he did by going on, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Oh, right. <laughs> but it worked for him. It worked for him. He was, he was advised at the time that, that so many washed-up celebs were going on that show in in really obvious attempts to try to rehabilitate their faltering careers that he didn't want to be put into that category and it might backfire, but it actually worked and his career is now back on track here in the UK. Oh, which, which is fantastic. And uh, so what, has he got anything coming up? Well, yeah, he's actually making a new show. In fact, they were just rapping uh, the afternoon we were talking to him and they were shooting in Cornwall. Um, and it's a, it's a really interesting concept, um, and it's being produced by... It's being made by the same production company as made Life on Mars. Oh, wow. So, um, which certainly could be something to recommend it. The initial idea uh, called Moving Wallpaper was written about 10 years ago and has been sitting in a drawer ever since, and it's a behind-the-scenes on a soap. Um, but what they've now decided to do, and this show's being made for ITV here, is that uh, they're going to make the soap as well. <gasps> so it's 12 episodes, but uh, 12 episodes of one hour, but each week you'll see the first half hour will be the behind the scenes, and the second half hour will be the soap itself and what they've been making in the behind the scenes, which I think is a, could be really shit <laughs> or could be really very interesting. Well, it's, it's, it's like, you know, it's one of those things that we'd kind of expect Dennis Potter to have come up with, one of those kind of bizarre self-referential concepts. Uh, yeah, it's kind of in that vein, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You're right. But it, um, uh, it sounds like a, a, a very interesting and unique concept, which uh, we certainly aren't seeing many of those at all anywhere on television at the moment. Well, just, that's just what I was about to say, Ross. It, it, it's good to see uh, a different idea getting a run. 
Yeah. Oh, and that's... the other the other thing is, I know that I know there's been a lot of talk in the past couple of weeks down there about um, new digital channels. Of course, that's something that's been in place here for quite a few years. Initially, the uh, the idea with this show was that they would run the uh, behind the scenes half hour on ITV Two, and then the soap immediately afterwards on ITV One, or the other way around. Right. And make people switch between the, uh, the the main ITV channel and one of its digital channels. They've now decided they're going to run them both on, on ITV1. But um, that demonstrates some of the things that are going on here with the uh, the Freeview channels. And, and this is the kind of thing that I, I guess is going to soon be happening in Australia. Where <laughs> the... <laughs> all right, all right. That, that, that was know. a good one. Uh, I thought you'd like that. <laughs> what What Channel Ten I think are planning with their uh, with their digital channel is that they're going to have uh, Future Armor on it at seven uh, regularly on uh, on ten regular, and then at seven thirty on ten HD. I think that that's their plan, and then they'll follow that with The Simpsons. But it's still going to be in four to three Futurama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, clearly, and so what? It's just a, like a half-hour time shift channel. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think if For they two had hours their, a night. yeah, if they had their way, it'd just be two hours a night, half an hour time shift. Oh, I like that. Let me watch it again right now. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I, I really like that. I like a time shift channels because I like to watch the same shows over and over again. <laughs> you know, it's handy. You can do on ten, but you can do that on, on ten without needing any extra digital channels. <laughs> episodes over and over again. Uh, it, it's actually handy if you come in halfway through a show. If you come in halfway through a show and want to see how it started. Yeah, uh, that's true, and you don't waste your time because once you get to the point where you, the. the where you came in initially, then you just stop watching. Yeah, exactly. Now, I, I just uh, have a quick uh, favour to ask about when you do a current affair stories. Yes. I, I have to warn you too, Brett's got the paper out. He's lining you up as we speak. So <laughs> so this is this is your soft one before Brett comes in with the, uh, with the hard punches. Uh, when you do uh, ACA stories, can you try and get your head on the ads so that we know that they're you? <laughs> well, so that you know to watch, otherwise you wouldn't dream of watching. Well, I, I saw there's Current Affair were doing a story on Jason Donovan, and I thought, ah, who cares? But if I'd known it was you interviewing him, I would have watched it for sure. My mum told me I was in the promo, so I don't know what you were watching. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, you don't think your mum's biased at all? Oh, yeah, yeah, James, you're in the promo. How come, <laughs> Ross, how come you're not make spending... it up that I'm in the promo when I'm not? <laughs> I don't know. What I don't I know. <laughs> what I want to know, Ross, is, is why aren't you spending all of your time watching television with James's mum so that you see the same things that she sees? That's true, that's so, true. You don't need to because she tapes everything anyway. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching it with her. <laughs> now, now, <laughs> exactly. Brett, Brett does have papers in his hand and he's, he's paused and it, he, sitting it's, like a cat he, ready he's, to pounce. He's got the look in his eye, Jim. It's been a very... Uh, the best shot. It's been a very big week uh, down at Channel Nine, James. Um, I don't know how connected you are with uh, with the, the the Home Office, as it were, um, with uh, a surrender a, a, that uh, Channel Nine are going to win the ratings this year. Um, there's no way they're going to take it off seven. Um, and talking about they they had the figures, but not the profits in the past anyway, so it doesn't really count. Um, how well, I is think it's been numerically obvious for weeks that we couldn't win? Logically, <laughs> you know, 
Once seven had won 20 weeks out of a possible year, then that's pretty much the ball game. Uh, but uh, how, how is the mood down there now that uh, David Gingell's coming back? Oh, I think the mood's very good. Mm-hmm. And he, he seems to have uh, a, an uh, amount of autonomy that uh, we haven't seen since John Alexander got uh, involved at the station. Well, that remains to be seen. I, the school of thought seems to be that Ginge wouldn't be coming back if he hadn't been given some guarantee that he'd be able to run it the way he wanted to run it. And I think that's what's giving the staff some measure of confidence because um, uh, nine people do have confidence in David Gingell that he knows telly, he loves telly, certainly he loves Channel 9, he knows programming. The job he's been doing in the US um, is, a, is a massive job mm-hmm. in terms of world programming. He's been running the US arm of Granada, which is one of the biggest TV production houses in the world. And uh, he's been in a position for the past couple of years where he's been responsible for assessing material and trying to pick winners. And there's probably no better experience than that um, before coming back into Nine to try to do likewise. Um, People like Inge as well. He's um, very easygoing. He um, is always willing to demonstrate the respect that he has for, the, for staff who are doing a good job and working hard. He'll, uh, he goes out of his way to call people and say, you know, good job, which, um, uh, you know, go, always goes a long way when you've got the boss on the phone saying, you know, thanks for, thanks for the hard work, keep it up. Uh, little things like that that I think have people pretty excited about the prospect of him coming back. There's no doubt that, you know, we haven't had a great year as far as the figures, obviously. Um, and um, I, I'd be more worried about the programs. Well, but figures, figure, the figures probably reflect the programs, don't they? Well, yeah, I'd, mostly. I'd say you've had a bad year with the programs. They're pretty much all well, stinkers. Oh, no, what, what about a, ABC Battleship Boat? <laughs> I, I, look, I think we've had a couple of programs that have worked, certainly a few that haven't. We've had a very... It's been written about a lot. We've had a very difficult time with our output deals from the States. Not a whole lot of the stuff that, that was both last year and the year before. A lot of the stuff uh, in our output deals that was much vaunted in the fall season um, fell over, no pun intended, pretty quickly. Well, yeah, things like um, Studio 60, I mean, that's just dumb shit luck. Well... Studio 60 is the is, is, is the prime casing point, I guess. And you're right, that is dumb luck. It works or it doesn't. There's nothing Nine can do to make that show any better or worse, to yep. make it rate any better in the States. Ho- ho- um, hold on a second. Channel Nine had a precedent with the West Wing. They were never going to give Studio 60 a good go. Yeah, but in the end, it was a moot point, wasn't it? Because Studio 60 was no... <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm with, I'm with James on this one. <laughs> that, that, that if it if it had if it had done really well when it when if it, it had launched done, in, if it had in done the states, West Wing type figures. No, no, no. If it had done better than West Wing type figures, and that was that was a a big possibility because it had a much more accessible concept than than West Wing had. Uh, would Channel Nine have have done well by it? We'll never know. But that opportunity just wasn't afforded them. I'm with James on this one. And James, I also have to say, when I heard the news that David Gingell was coming back, I got a little flutter, like the band's getting back together. Yeah, and, and that was, uh, Josh, that, you, you know, that was exactly the feeling around TCN and GDV as well from the people I've spoken to. They were kind of, yeah, putting the band back together, getting back on track a little. Um, it's that old school feeling, that old school nine feeling. That, and- uh, you know, people, people who are passionate about being there and 
who uh, who, who want to draw it together as a team. I know it sounds all sounds like such a cliche, but it's true. You want to feel as though the people at the top are um, just as into what you're doing as you are. Do, do you think the book had anything to do with this? No. No? Really? No. These well, guys have spent a fortune on buying three quarters of Channel 9 and the other associated media assets, and they're not going to make their management plays based on something that Gerald Stone's written. Well, I, I think it's hilarious. And, and that's, that's not to denigrate Gerald Stone. The book was a, was an interesting read, I guess, but that's I, I, I don't think Ian Law and the CBC Asia Pacific guys all ran out and bought Who Killed Channel 9 and went, <laughs> oh, shit, I know what we've got to do then. Yeah, but it didn't take them long. It didn't take them long to uh, get Alexander's uh, hands off the controls. That had nothing to do with the book. Uh, they, were already, they were already in the process of buying the extra 25% yeah, and, to take control of the company, and I don't think they moved to do that after they read the book either. And, and, and to be fair, I think based on performance, Alexander was uh, looking a bit dodgy anyway. Mm. So, um, so have you had the call yet from uh, David Gindel to see what you're doing in uh, November? No, no. Well, I mean, he doesn't start back until November. Yeah. And uh, I don't expect. But surely you'll be lining up people at the moment. I don't expect I'll be at the top of his list to call either. You know, I'm I'm merely a humble toilet, Brett. <laughs> James, you're you're an important part of our team, and we love the work that you do, and we just want you to keep on doing it. I think that's uh, if you get any message, I'm reckoning that's the message that you're going to get. Yeah, me too. Thanks. <laughs> That's, I, I hope that's the message I get. <laughs> what about the uh, what about the changes up into Sydney News? Well, um, are, are they uh, are they just as positive? Uh, Sydney uh, has been experiencing some difficulties news wise as far as ratings, and um, unfortunately, in those circumstances, TV folklore and TV reality says that if that goes on for long enough a head or two will roll and it's generally going to be the news director and in this case that's what's happened but the new man who's come in has just started today in fact um, Monday evening you're recording this mm-hmm. um, Ian Cook who ran Nine News uh, from the late 70s to the early 90s and after that came here and ran Sky News here for B Sky B um, he comes back to us from running Sky News Australia for the past three or four years I think um, so with that kind of CV, vastly experienced, um, knows what he's doing, and um, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But on paper, I don't think you could have... You'd struggle to find anyone more experienced and more steeped in the nine culture than that. And lastly, James, we've got about a minute to go. Uh, in the UK, news of Kate Ritchie's departure from uh, Home and Away, how's that been dealt with? Uh, didn't know about it till I saw it on the Herald Sun website. Right. Right, so they, they're so still loving Home and Away they're, there. They're devastated, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're loving Home and Away. They, they, they still love it. They, you know, people watch it in their millions, but um, uh, I, I haven't seen it reported here too widely. Right. Well, that's, you know, yeah. that's, it's good to know that we're still making an impact. That's great. But, you know, she's, she's still going to do panto, so what do they care? <laughs> <laughs> Come Christmas time, it's Home and Away all over that's again. It. Uh, alleged, no, allegedly, she's going to come over and do some partying with Jason Donovan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I think he's got a probably got a couple of a couple of warnings to give her before she gets over. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a book he could give her. <laughs> <laughs> a cautionary tale.
<laughs> Available at all the good bookstores, right? <laughs> James, nobody learns their lessons or takes advice from books that are published. Exactly. And, that, and haven't we just learned that lesson? <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. It's a pleasure, as always. You have a great month. Yeah, cheers. You too. <laughs> See ya. Are you one of those that follows the follows the as Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July go down on you. So there's this phenomenon that's been happening in ads since uh, about probably about 18 months ago in that cotton draft it's a big ad ad came out. And uh, of course, oh, that's at least two years ago. You think it's two years? Yeah, I thought it was cricket season last I'm year. Sure, it was around. For, it came around for the grand final two years ago. Right, mm. right. Maybe I only picked up on it later because I, I don't watch the ads. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm talking, of course, about operatic style singing to promote something, and uh, and and this is operatic s- s- style singing by people who shouldn't be singing. And uh, and more recently, we, we've seen the uh, the Bundy Rum ad with the English people performing uh, a mass migration while singing about how England is not like Australia. And yeah, it's a you know it's an expensive ad. It's an all right ad. It's got a, a nice little gag at the end. I don't think polar bears should be uh, sh- should be in in uh, th- those flight towers. <laughs> Air I traffic just, controller polar bear. You yeah, don't, you don't like it. I just think that's wrong. It's against God. Uh, but on the weekend during the uh, the AFL Grand Final, I saw another one, and it starts off with a 40-ish man getting dressed in his bedroom while the song Climb Every Mountain plays on his radio. Yeah. He's looking for his red sock that mm. is, is missing. Uh, he finds the red sock, continues on with his day, but obviously losing that red sock has uh, made him late for his bus. And while he's chasing after the bus, uh, somebody else in the street continues along singing Climb Every Mountain. And uh, and this kind of continues on. Uh, he thinks that he can catch up with the bus by cutting through some people's yards. And there's a man lying on a banana lounge with a little handheld fan uh, sunning himself who continues singing Climb Every Mountain. Why this man is sunbaking at what must be 8 o'clock in the morning, I don't know. The man gets to work. Something else happens at work. More people are singing Climb Every Mountain. Oh, there's the bus on the bus. The bus driver has a heart attack. The people in the bus start singing Climb Every Mountain. It just keeps going on and on like this until the guy actually climbs a bloody mountain. Mm. Uh, And all through, people are singing this song. At that point, where he's at the top of the mountain, we're told that it's an ad for NAB, formerly National, formerly the National Australia Bank, now called NAB. Well, you can't call it a bank. (laughs) No, you you can't. Uh, Now, I just... I get it. The song Climb Every Mountain works with what banks want you to believe about them. You know, we we can help you achieve your goals. Uh, Overcoming the hardship of daily life, which this guy does through finding his red sock, finally catching the bus, getting to work, and then actually climbing a mountain. I get that. It's what banks want us to believe about them. In some respects, I think it's quite a clever ad. But I don't get this whole life's a musical thing. Mm. I just don't buy that. No. People singing in ads when they shouldn't be, I just, I don't buy it. Mm. 
It's mm. just that simple. And you're right, it is getting more and more common. Yeah. It's becoming like a thing. And I don't want it to be a thing. I don't, I don't want it to be our thing. I don't want people to look at Australia and go, oh, that's the country where people sing in ads. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that and I just I don't buy it. La, we really la, do need la, a, la, a thing for this, for this segment. La, la, oh, it's going to come. Really come. I have it at least. Bit of a different uh, quote this week. In some ways, my wife and I are very similar people. Yes. And in some ways, we are vastly, vastly different. Uh, on Wednesday night, she was complaining. She wanted to watch Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? And she said to me, Oh, I really want to watch Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? But it's on so late. And I hadn't checked the guide at this stage. I said to her, Oh, what time it's on? And she said, without a hint of joke in her voice, completely serious, Oh, 8.45. <laughs> Right. Mm, so uh, I think she'll be. Uh, I think she'll be pleased that uh, next week it's actually moving back to, to seven thirty. So she'll be able to. Uh, she'll be able to watch it. So what's it doing this week? Uh, it was after the um, big finale. To no, no, this week now. Oh no, no oh, this, this week seven thirty. Oh. Last week it was after the big finale. To thank God you're here. Thank God you're here. Yep. Which uh, which went on for for longer. Yes. And uh, and. Which actually meant that fifth grader, which was supposed to start at quarter to nine, started at around, like, nine, or a, around nine. Channel Ten, having just published their EPG to uh, to Foxtel for the whole digital rebroadcasting thing, uh, did not change the times, even though they knew that. Thank God you here ran really? ran over, and oh. so I missed the end of uh, fifth grader. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I should say uh, my wife does tend to go to bed early generally, but there are extenuating circumstances at the moment. Uh, she's pregnant with our second child, <gasps> which Excellent. is very exciting. That is so, very exciting. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah, that's good news. Uh, does, that, does that mean we are going to get more? Because I, I had a, a request from this from a, a listener earlier this week. Uh, more Deidre says... More Deidre says. Oh yeah. well, maybe yeah, maybe we should. I'll I'll ask her. I'll I'll see what she's saysing at the moment. That'd be great. And uh, you'll be pleased to hear, Josh, that if it's a boy, we're thinking maybe Yancey. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Don't let them ever find a four leaf clover. It'll no, tear them apart. No. Uh, seven leaf. Seven. Se- seven leaf. Seven leaf yeah. clover. And, and we're thinking maybe if if it's a girl, maybe Yancey. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> The fall season. A big week of fall. Oh. Who who wants to start and with what show? Uh, can I, I'll start with Bionic Woman. All right. That sounds mm-hmm. like a plan. Uh, Bionic Woman, a remake of a uh, late 70s, early 80s show. I think may have gone into 1981, but I, I haven't got the correct date. So that definitely late 70s show. Which was kind of a spin-off from, from the Six Million Dollar Man. Man. Mm. Now, I, was I don't, there a crossover there that started there was There was a crossover. Uh, I, I, did you guys used to uh, watch either of these shows? Yeah. I, I have no memory of watching either of these shows. Obviously, I've mm-hmm. seen the parodies many, many times on Simpsons. Running and in slow motion. Yeah, I watched... The Office and just about everything else. I watched Six, Six Million Dollar Man a lot as a kid. I even had the... I think I had the Six Million Dollar Man doll. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I watched Bionic Woman just because I watched Six Million Dollar Man a lot. She also had a Bionic Dog, an Alsatian. Uh, that would bark in slow motion and stuff. Uh, <laughs> did it have its own animated series? Uh, no, I don't think it did. Oh, really? Okay, uh, that that would have been good though. Did yeah. she have a daughter? I don't know. 
bionic daughter. <laughs> uh, so, so the the idea of uh, of the bionic woman as a remake is is very similar. There's a, a horrible accident, and she is rebuilt uh, with bionic parts. That's pretty much. Oh, and her name is Jamie Summers, which it was in the original series, and that's pretty much where this remake leaves the original. Uh, and uh, well, well, that that pretty much took the whole first episode. Yeah, there was far too much exposition. I was watching this. I want, uh, yeah, bionic. Hurry up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just make her bionic. Everybody knows what the show's about. You don't have to spend all this time. And having is, a you know having no, but, a normal and then in the car crashing no just make her bionic already we get it well, and this there's is, this the is romance the aspect but there's also the the mysterious organisation that you've got to build up a little bit no you don't it's like, the thing is okay, mysterious organisation done with the with the six million dollar man one of the greatest things have a shot about have a shot of them and have somebody say in the background oh they're mysterious <laughs> done done. <laughs> One of the great things about Six Million Dollar Man was that all of the backstory was in the opening credits. So it was uh, it was Steve Austin. He was an astronaut. His uh, his rocket blew up, and then somebody, a voiceover, you don't know who, saying, "We can rebuild him. We can make him better, faster, stronger." And then some tests of what he's doing. That whole thing took maybe ninety seconds total, and. Uh, and then we were into it, and we knew exactly what happened. He was rebuilt, and that's that's all you need. But, you don't but need this a show whole actually episode. has more depth. No, it there's, doesn't. There's <laughs> conspiracies, and there's your conspiracies, and there's the previous prototype that's gone rogue. Yeah, mm. which I think I think all of that's shit. Which, 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 the, which the is, entire series starts off with. Which is the you, previous you bionic woman from the previous woman, series? Is it? Crouching no, over, no, no, crouching not. over a dead body covered in blood, and and flying through the air at the guy that's come along together with the SWAT team. He shoots her, breaking all laws of physics, and just drops <laughs> her directly to the ground, and then shoots her in the head. And then t- no, tells her he loves her. Yes, yes. And then shoots her in the head. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then it comes to Jane Summers. She's looking after her kid sister. Uh, their father is some kind of messed up hippie type drunkard. So is my understanding from from what they said, uh, and so she's looking after her, her little sister. She's also dating some scientist who, uh, <laughs> a plastic surgeon of some sort. Yeah, he he does lectures or he, he lectures on it, but also uh, anyway. And she's pregnant, and uh, they're in a car crash, and then see it, it already. It's already gone on too long. This whole beginning, it's but I don't, already... I don't think that people would these days would put up with just just the the adventure baddie of the week. I think that then having watched Twenty Four and having watched Alias, people are, are, are more cultured maybe and and expect more in an ongoing sense. Which is which is fine. Okay, have hmm. have a have a baddie and have a bionic baddie. That's fine. Have a have a mysterious organization. That's fine. But. Uh, I'll give you I'll, I'll give you an example of a show that's done this really well. Uh, Lost, where the show starts, the plane's fallen from the sky, and the, and we're in the show straight away with them. We and, do have a lot of backstory though in Lost. Uh, th- hmm. There is a lot of backstory, but as it but, goes on, but you could have they could make uh, a series of just stuff from the island, hmm. and it would still be hmm. a really interesting show. 
And Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I personally, I kind of found this like a bit a bit too much like a one person heroes. Yeah, you know what? It's a, it and, is a and, lot better than Flash Gordon. And you know, <laughs> but you know, with heroes, if you're watching heroes, like there's so many of them, and they all get such little parts. If you don't like a character, or if you're bored by them, you just have to wait a minute or two, and Hero will come back on, and yeah, that's all it's I'm all okay. For. Uh, whereas with this, you kind of just stuck with her. It's the it's that whole Jessica character. No, but there's more. There's more reveal with each week. Obviously, there's going to be with why was the daughter banned by the court from using a computer. Don't care. <laughs> What's the deal with the rogue chick? How did they build a prison 600 billion miles below the Earth's surface or wherever it is? Yeah, it was 10 without... stories below or something. No, it was more. It was more. It was like 40,000 leagues or something like that. <laughs> How long does that uh, lift take to go down? I want to I bring up uh, something that Marky Mark uh, got to me on, on Facebook earlier mm-hmm. today and, mm-hmm. uh, and said... Oh, that Marky Mark. Yeah. Sorry, can... I thought you were talking about Funky Monks. No. Marky Mark. <laughs> Granola uh, bunch, uh, Marky Mark, not funky. And and said, can, can you talk about Bionic Woman and the leaked pilot? And the leaked pilot apparently, while not very different script wise, had uh, quite a few different actors in it. There's been three and, different versions of the first episode. Okay. And so, so what I really want to know about that is how come it took them so long to get it this wrong? <laughs> but that is quite common, though. Yes. It well, is quite common to reshoot pilots with, we, we with, with just des- with different actors. Desperate Housewives had uh, Cheryl Lee doing the voiceover and, and being the dead woman yep. who's, who's narrating yep. it, and then they swapped that, swapped that out for the actual show. Yep. George Costanza's father in Seinfeld... In uh, in the car park episode was actually played by a different ca- yes. by a different actor altogether. Uh, Jerry's dad in the original The Seinfeld Chronicles was played by a different character. They just decided he wasn't funny enough, so they got the the guy to play Morty Seinfeld, who was great. Yep. I mean, I mean, it is quite a common thing to have a pilot and then to reshoot with different, which with is different which is why you do actors. a pilot. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's exactly why. Okay, so uh, going in order of ridiculousness, Kville. Uh, Oh, Kville, yes. Kville. You, you know what? You want to it's, take the lead on this one? No, no go giving for it. a background of the story. No, uh, I, I want, I want to, I want to preface our Kville conversation with: I've really missed the the fact that we haven't had Starsky and Hutch on television for so long. <laughs> <laughs> to to uh, Kville's about two New Orleans cops. Uh, the main one, the big black dude, Trevor Cobb. He actually survived the flood. And uh, and was doing all his uh, police duties uh, with his partner. The cop isn't the black guy, isn't he? Have Cubs I got it around the wrong guy. way? Yeah. Oh, okay. Who? What's the black guy's name? Uh, Boo Boo Buffon or Boo? Oh, okay. It begins with B. The other played guy, by, something uh, Cajun, played by Anthony Anderson. Okay. The other guy survived the uh, survived the flood, and they were actually on duty, and his partner freaked out and fled on him, and. Uh, now, suddenly, flash forward, it's two years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a brand new mysterious partner, Trevor Cobb. And <laughs> who, who's uh, come from interstate. Well, he's got a mysterious past. He turns up looking out over New Orleans yeah. with, a, with a caravan stuck on his car. And he may have come from interstate, but he seems to know all the roads of New Orleans pretty well. Right. Mm. Uh this is just I, when I uh, heard the premise of this, I thought, "Oh, this could be a really interesting show." I thought it was going to be a drama about a cop working in New Orleans, but it, it's not really about that. It's just kind of uses New Orleans as its location. 
I think New Orleans is very important to, it, to this It is very show. important, but I kind of I was hoping it because would be we're talking about we're talking about getting over the devastation of uh, Katrina. Yep. We're talking about the a city that before Katrina came along had a crime rates or murder rate ten times the national average. Yep. It's it's an extremely dangerous place to be if you're in the wrong spot at yep. the wrong time. See all of that stuff. And there's a lot of corruption. All and of that, that comes stuff, through, especially all, in the second all, episode. And all all of that stuff would be fantastic in this show. Yeah, if that's what it was about. That would be great, but that's just kind of background to the show. The show, the show is about car chases, overacting, and screaming in the street, <laughs> and, 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 and shooting, and shooting gun randomly, gunplay. Yes, yeah. uh, I mean it's it's a fairly regulation cop show in that way. That does just kind of, I, I think it kind of exploits that New Orleansy thing. Having watched the first and second episodes, mm-hmm. the first episode was absolutely ridiculous. It had these tools going around, just complete rogue cops. <laughs> But they arresting arresting people for no reason <laughs> whatsoever, which turned out to be correct. But but there was like there was no yeah. provocation but also, but to actually some kind and of... just losing it and and having these gunfights that are just stupid. <laughs> but they, they also have some kind of amazing superpowers that allow them to run out into the street, get into a car, yeah, yeah, and start yeah. driving it yeah. at ninety with, miles with, an hour. At ninety miles an hour within. Maybe three quarters of a yeah, second. Yeah, I always liked that. That was fantastic. They're shooting after the car, nowhere near their car, and in the next shot, they're tailing it. Yeah, that was that was Brilliant. always great. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's Kville. I think you can you can pretty much work out. It's entertaining. I'm going to keep on downloading it. It, it is entertaining. I'll give it that. I'll See, it that. I couldn't get through it. Yep, I yep. couldn't get through it. And lastly, we're talking about life. Life, yes. Oh, my house has a lot to answer for. <laughs> house uh, has a lot to answer for. Yeah, yeah. You see, I, I, I was the same. I saw House's fingerprints all over this as well. And this is the third show we've reviewed in the last year with, well, well, with very heavy house influence. We had the shark pilot. But yes. he doesn't have any apprentices. No, no, no. But his character. Just, his just character this weird, so oddball character. Well, let's give, give the, the overview of the story. This is This is... A guy who was a cop mm-hmm. who got framed for some uh, crime and jailed. Murder. Framed for murder. Framed so for murder. Murder. Jailed, for, jailed life. for life. Was in prison for 12 years getting beaten up by everybody that was there to beat him up. And then uh, was the, the decision then got was overturned mm-hmm. uh, due to DNA evidence. Um, and he was let out, given a massive payout that was uh, never allowed to be disclosed. But enough that he'd never have to work again. Mm-hmm. Yes. But he has and he's back gone, as a detective. He has mm. gone back to work as a detective. Mm. And uh, But the important thing is that 12 years... He was reading books about Zen. <laughs> and he's come so, out as a Zen master. So it's really changed his perspective and he, he it, it's turned him into an oddball. And that's where the house bit comes into it. The whole, I'm, talk- I'm talking to you, but while I'm talking to you, what you're going to say back to me has nothing to do with what I'm actually saying, but secretly it does. Did you ask the dog? Right. See, that yep. that sort of thing. Yep. And, I'm, and, and as a detective, he's going to have the most outrageous means of getting to the answers and his partner's always going to go, oh, what are you doing, Charlie? Only for it to all come round and you see what a genius he is. Yeah, I uh, I, I really thought... Plus, he's, he's, he's constantly living in future shock. With, oh, you know, my from God. The, from the 12 Let years. me take your photo. Is, that's yeah, a phone. That's what a phone. Yeah. 
no this, no ability to to use any sort of technology. It's which which is just just ridiculous. You would have thought that before they reinstated him, he would have had a chance to familiarise himself with phones. Mm. And, uh, and well, clearly they didn't have TV in the joint because he hasn't seen any any technology via the television. No, he was too busy getting yeah, beaten that's up. true, lying on the floor, getting be- beaten up. Every bone in his body broken. Yeah, yeah I, apparently. I, so. we, we can rebuild now, him now. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what was his name? I can't. Think uh, his name was Charlie Cruz. Unless that was the other C-R-E-W-S-E, one. <laughs> I think, is the, the way they no spell way. it. No C-R-E-W-S. Um, kept on reminding me of the buddy in Ed. Never watched Ed. No, no um, idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and a, a, another similarity between this and House and the Bionic Woman is that the main characters are all played by English people. Oh, yes. Oh, is, is he actually played by an English person? Because to, to me, it, he is just doing a straight... Hugh Laurie impersonation, like that. That's he's he's trying to be Hugh Laurie with red hair. That's what it seems to me in life. Mm. Uh, and, and otherwise, there's nothing in it for me. I, I'm really disappointed. I'm really disappointed by pretty much all the shows I've seen so far in the full season. Okay, I'll keep I'll keep going with this one. Okay, so no uh, zero three batting average for you. Yep, zero and three for me, Brett. Uh, two and you, you, there's two of them you'll keep watching. Yes, but so you'll keep for, for at least two more episodes. No, oh, no wait, wait, you, three of them. You'll, you'll keep watching all three, actually, won't you? You said Bionic Woman you'll keep watching, Cavill you'll keep watching, oh, well, and now Life you'll keep watching. That's all three. Yes. Yeah. It yeah. depends on when when's it uh, when's Bionic Woman on. Uh, I think I'll just week, be watching that on the telly. Bionic Woman. As long as it doesn't clash. Uh, well, they're all coming on soon. Cavill's coming. Well, Cavill's coming on to Foxtel, but Foxtel have the deal with Channel 10, so it'll be on Channel 10 reasonably soon afterwards, you'd think. Uh, Life is Wednesday after nights house. after house, which yeah, seems like it? a good match if you like watching the same thing <laughs> twice in a row. <laughs> and uh, Bionic Woman is on Thursday night after Heroes. Uh, no, Thursday night before Heroes. Before Heroes. 8.30. On Channel 7. On Channel 7. What's that replacing? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, if, if you had to keep watching one, if, if your life depended on it, which one would you keep watching? Uh, probably probably Bionic Woman. Okay. Okay. If, okay. if I had to keep watching one, I'd be watching Cavill. Right. Mm. And Brett would watch all three. I think, <laughs> I think if I had to choose one, it would be Life, actually. Really? Yeah. Wow. wow. Well, that's you know what? That's that's something. Not much, but something for everyone. And Josh, I've got some good news for you. Your life does depend on it. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've rigged it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. All right, more bionic one for me. Good evening, viewers. This is Sandra Sultry. I've been playing with my box on the box cutters. We are running really late. Ah. <sighs> I wanted to talk very quickly about the soup. I've mentioned it quite a few times on the show. If you have Foxtel, it is on E, uh, which is channel 120-something. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's on E. You can uh, check it out. Hosted by Joel McHale. It's come out of a show called Talk Soup that was hosted by Greg Kinnear many years ago, which was just a clip show of things that were on chat shows dur- during the week. Uh, this is a clip show of things that were on television during the week. Joel McHale is a fantastic host. It is one of the most entertaining shows I, I watch on television. And one of the few... Well, E for some reason, or this particular show, does not have series link on it, on the uh, on the IQ, which you can also do on, uh, 
on our CV with uh, mm-hmm. with free to wear channels, the whole getting the whole loaded. series down. So every Sunday, I have to remember and I actually, uh, you know, keep in mind have to watch the soup. Mm-hmm. It is it's a great show, and uh, yeah, if you uh, if you get a chance to see it, definitely give it a try. I haven't seen that it's downloadable. Uh, so I, you pretty much have to have Foxtel. You pretty much have to have Foxtel or a friend with Foxtel. Mm. Uh, but definitely well worth the effort. Very entertaining half hour of television. Okay, question three. Which can I- all these going to be about war? No, I got loads of. I got one on tennis. One on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Ah, uh, the quiz. Oh, the Night Rider's back! It's back! It's back! I've, I've probably told this story before on Box Cutters, and I'm sure I'll tell it again. When I was about ten, I went to Universal Studios, and I uh, actually sat in Kit and <gasps> talked to him. And uh, afterwards, I was mortified because I was starstruck and couldn't think of anything to say. Oh. And I was such a big fan. I thought you might have seen the guy with the headset on that was doing all the talking. What are you talking about? And. And what are you talking about? Disillusions. That what are you talking about? It wasn't about? actually the car talking to you. Brett. What are you talking Brett, about? Brett. Brett. Leave him alone. You don't know what you're talking about, Brett. You didn't say the no, guy with the headset. There was Brent. no guy with any headset. Ross don't, Ross, don't listen to him. There was no guy. Don't a kid could talk. It was a car and it would talk. It was a talking car. Did you ever see the show? <laughs> now, now, seeing that you were there, did you did you actually get a chance to lift up one of their cardboard cars? It looks just like a real car. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. Because you I know it's have. all about illusion. Ah, uh, yes. Now, we're, uh, we're, we are running a, a quite a lot behind time, and this is a quiz segment. This Firstly, is... should we do the winners of uh, last week's quiz? Yes. You get to see Brett in person on stage, or so is my understanding. This Friday night, uh, down at Idgaf Bar. It's part of the Fringe Festival. Check out uh, melbournefringe.com.au. Uh, Chart-busting 80s with Josie Pirelli in Cabaret. Um, I think I might be singing... Um, oh my god! The winners <laughs> stay away. Stay cat, away. The winners are Cat Brain and Bainers. Well done, well and done, uh, that'll be names on the door. And I'll shoot you an email to let you know. And uh, we can also announce the the winner of the uh, Crumpler Beanbag Competition. Yes. Oh, the winner is Brett Cropley. Thank you very much. It's, uh, no, the, no, I did actually have a bit of a, uh, a head start you a did, couple you of days. You had a head so. start when you, you, you were testing the... Uh, I'm just wiping myself out of the contention of that for as, that. as well is Catbrain. Yay! Who has really? had what a great week. Really? To uh, a, a prize in a random draw and uh, and did the best job at getting the word out there about box cutters. Fantastic. So she'll be getting herself a crumpler beanbag. And word is getting out. And if you are a listener, pass us on. Mm, Tell definitely. your friends about us. So thanks very much to everybody who participated, uh, and and well done everybody. It was a, it was a pretty close race and uh, and quite exciting. I was hoping with the post that I put up on uh, on Saturday night that uh, we might have somebody who, who went, oh shit, that competition's ending, and they put up the the link somewhere amazingly, and a hundred kabillion hits came through on the Google homepage. Yeah, but that mm. that didn't happen. If you want to do that. Go still, right ahead. still do it. There's yep. no bean bag in it for you. This week's quiz question. Okay, now it's it's we're giving away two, so we're going to have two winners this week. Two winners. So as a result, we've got two questions. Now, just to avoid confusion, you have to get both questions right. We will not accept just answering one question right. So we're not making it twice as good. We're making it twice as hard. We're making it That's twice exactly as hard, right. but, but but you've got twice you've the got, chance of winning. Yeah. Okay. Because it's still a random draw. Of all the correct answers. Okay. So the questions are... First question is, what does KIT stand for? 
Oh, that's easy. Mm, or is it? No, yes, no it's, it is. Just, it's, it's pretty easy. Or is it? Mm. Uh, and the second question <laughs> is, according to Futurama, which part of Kit was evil? Ah. That's somewhat trickier. Yes. Yes. So, which part of Kit the car... Which part of Kit the car was, was evil, evil? And what does Kit stand for? You mm. should send your answers to both those questions to hooray at boxcutters.net or click on the contact us link on boxcutters.net and you will win yourself a crumpler something or other. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, maybe a John Thursday. Maybe a... Thursday L. Thursday L. Maybe a bundle. Uh, yeah. But some... One of two. Some great crumpler thing... You will you will win and uh, and double your chances to win this time. It's fantastic. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters, pod, cast, done. Pork is on the table. Hey, you guys watching series three of Weeds? Not yet. I, uh, I have started. I watched a few weeks ago. But it's not on telly here, is it? No, Series 2 no, series is two just about tonight? to start on Free-to-Air tonight, which is Monday, Monday night. night. Uh, I've got to say that uh, it is just amazing. It's, really? It is brilliant satire. Uh, I said on this show I wasn't sure where they could go and I wasn't sure they should be doing a third series. They've gone in a completely unexpected direction. Uh, it, it has just been fantastic. It reminds me of... Because she becomes an astronaut, doesn't she? Yeah, she becomes an astronaut. Yeah. Uh, it actually yeah. reminds... And takes the guns right there. It, it actually reminds me of uh, early Simpsons. Really? In that much of a social satire, everybody's stupid, nobody's any better than anybody else, and everybody's just kind of uh, as as stupid and as inept and as corrupt as everybody else. I will have to get downloading. And, uh, yeah, uh, they're having shots now at the army and at uh, fanatical Christians, and it's just fantastic. Nice. It's very, very funny. Speaking of Monday Night Programming on Channel 9, uh, 1 versus 100 is to be rested, according to Eddie McGuire. Some say it's axed. And uh, well, I guess we'll have to wait until David Gingell's in the hot seat uh, to see if it comes back after the end of this year. Oh, um, speaking of David Gingell and somebody being saved by the bell, last week I uh, mentioned that it was all but a done deal, that uh, Fatty Vorton was gone from the NRL footy show. David Gingell likes Fatty Vorton. Uh, He's not going anywhere. Oh, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And uh, also, just quickly, we uh, we did a thing on fast tracking last week, and then wouldn't you know it, just about every entertainment guide in the country copied us, in uh, including here in Melbourne the the Green Guide, which came up with this perla. Uh, apparently, Channel Seven and Lost are doing a lot of fast tracking, but they've decided to hold off on screening the next series of Twenty Four and Lost until next year. But th- there is. Oh my god! That's, that didn't come from us. the The idea for the article clearly came from us, but that ridiculous bit of misinformation did, did it's not. It's not come misinformation. From- I mean, it would have been more of a scoop if they'd said somehow Channel Seven were going to screen it this year, given that they're not going to air until I next know, that, year. That in would the be States. fantastic. That would have been a real scoop. Dexter's uh, coming along and Michael C. Hall will be visiting Melbourne and Sydney and participating in a popcorn taxi uh, at the end of October. Oh, we should, is there any chance we can get him on the show? Uh, I'll have to see Brett, what can I you, can Can you weave your magic on that? I'm, I'm not sure who's running popcorn taxi. I'll see what I can do. Um, and Super Nanny forced their kids to cry. Really? Yes. That's for, a shock. Uh, good television. Mm. 
And that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 104. I want to say thanks very much to James Talia for calling in all the way from the UK. Thanks also to our giveaway sponsors, Crumpler. They don't give us any money, but they give us stuff to give to you. And that's why we love them. And thanks to 3 R, whose studios we use for recording this podcast each and every week. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. Happy birthday, Josh. Thank Ross you, McQueen. Ross. Well done on another one. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there.